Welcome to Lore Cult Daily. Each week, starting on Tuesday, we offer a series of daily short segments to help guide you through the world and lore of Destiny. And on the following Monday, we combine them into one episode in case you missed any given day. With all of the latest entries, ghost scans, and classic grimoire that Bungie's world has to offer. This is the best of show for the week of December 18th. Let's get started. Welcome to the Dawning Guardians. When survivors first came to the last city, they brought with them the customs of a thousand lost nations. As they built a new community from the ashes of the old, so too did they create traditions that reflect this transformed world. During the dawning, guardians light lanterns to guide the light back in a time of darkness. The fires from their candles and hearth flames remind them that no matter how black the night is, there will be a dawn. However, not all guardians have a positive opinion of the dawning. An exchange between Ava Levante and Eris Morn shows Eris' initial distaste for the tradition. Pass me those lanterns, would you? Ava said. And that wrapping paper. There's so much left to do. They drive their sparrows on the edge of the abyss, not looking at the darkness, laughing. Laughter can be better than food. We must make time to celebrate, even when we are surrounded by darkness, or we lose hope. And hope is important. It brings us together and keeps us marching through the freezing cold. So much pretending, Ava. I can't pretend. Those days are gone. Do you think I spent a week coaxing Ikora into making the dawning crystal, just to pretend? Who will save us from the darkness? The despairing guardian or the joyful one? Love and joy, Eris. That will save us. This is how I show my love. Then I wish you a happy dawning, Ava. I wish that for all of us. And now this year, with the awakening of the Traveler, the dawning is a truly special event. In the words of Ikora Ray. This is the season of the dawning, a holiday created from a thousand traditions brought together to rejoice in the light. And this dawning, with the traveler shining above us? We have so much more to celebrate. But, as Cade would remind me, this is also a time to forget all of our troubles. I have just the thing picked out for you. Happy dawning, Guardians. I think we may need to start worrying about Devrim K. The Dawning has given us the opportunity to present gifts to our favorite vendors. For Devrim K, who can be found in the church tower in the EDZ, it says, Devrim is ready for a change from one of his usual vices. Complete the following objectives. Defeat Vex fanatics for their milky radiolarian fluid. Collect Alcane from Titan to shake on top. To those who may be unaware, the vice spoken of is Devrim's obsession for tea. Welcome back. This time I did make tea for you, but I seem to have drunk it all. Perhaps if you were a mite quicker. <laughs> he likes it so much that he doesn't even wait for us. He just drinks it. Now, back to that gift. Did you pick up on what exactly we're doing? We're building him a Vex milk concoction. Is Ikora trying to kill Devrim? Are we? What's going on here? Lest you've forgotten what happens when you drink Vex milk, here are a few quotes from Kabir. I drank of them, it tasted like the sea. They are in my blood and my brain. And we all know it didn't end well for Kabir. 
And Vex milk isn't just some yak's milk, it's full of tiny organisms. Multiple analyses confirm the milky radiolarian fluid found in Vex chassis is organic in nature. So what does the quest ask of us once we've gathered the materials? It has us make Vex eggnog and deliver it to Devrim. As long as you don't look at it too closely, or smell it, or taste it, this substance could pass for a holiday drink. Bring it to Devrim in the EDZ. I'm not convinced that he's not going to drink this stuff. Guys, I'm worried for Devrim. Let's be sure to keep an eye on him in the new year. Hey everybody, it's your buddy Beard Grizzly, and I am your guest speaker today on Lore Cult Daily. Today's topic is, well, it's mainly focused around visions, I suppose. Return to the opening of Destiny 2. After Gaul kicks you off the command ship and you see that title logo, you're met with a vision to go into the EDZ and seek out the Shard of the Traveler, along with seeing the collapse in short form and several other small moments. A new item within the Dawning's lore tabs has again called up the significance of visions and has called to question several pieces of lore throughout Destiny's history. The Chill of Winter is the item that we are concerned with, a new sparrow in the dawning. The lore tab reads as follows. They're travelers, little snowy travelers. Jasla looked down at the snowman again, the lower body with ice pieces held into orbit by twigs, just like what was in the sky behind her partner. It's a coincidence, but she knew it wasn't. The torso deliberately shaded with what? Coal? blackened on the bottom, just like what was in the sky until a few months ago. We both know it's not, not after what he drew last week. And now this. One dead traveler, one alive traveler, another traveler for a head. What's that other one? Jaslov gestured at the well-formed sphere a few feet away, hollowed out, overgrown with vegetation that their son had obviously placed there, neatly, deliberately. That one is why I think we need to talk to Lakshmi about him. Jasla didn't look up. She had fought against it for so long, but maybe it was time. The dawning, right? New beginnings. A tear disappeared into the frozen ground. This child seemingly has a vision, showcased with these snow objects, perhaps of past, present, and future for the Traveler. This seems the reason to introduce the name of Lakshmi into the tab, to imply the need to get the war cult involved. As far as the war cult is concerned, we have yet to see this vision of the Traveler within their records. This only furthers the cryptic but possibly important nature of the device that the war cult uses to scour for information key to survival in the future. But there is someone else by the name of Alpha Lupi that has also had visions of the Traveler, seemingly linked to what we know from moments in the Books of Sorrow and elsewhere within the lore of Destiny. One of his dreams, in fact aptly on the grimoire card The Traveler, feels similar, in a way. It feels like lead and neutronium and electro-weak matter fashioned into a moon-sized ball that you must carry as you move. The importance of Alpha Lupi may need to be revisited, the visions that they had being important or key to our future survival. Perhaps they were given by the Traveler this whole time, just as they were given to us to seek out our light again. Perhaps, in the future, the Traveler cast off its shell and can finally move around, free of its burdens. Or perhaps the darkness comes to hollow out the shell that we see, to take or destroy what it is we know of our Savior. Perhaps our visions, no matter how prophetic, are all we can hold as truth to our possible future.
this system used to detect underwater vessels looking to dock here at the shipyard. That's strange. It still works, and it's picking something up. Something below us, and very, very big. Today's scan brings us to Siren's Watch on Titan. It's no secret that a settlement on a water planet would require in-depth systems to track ships and other underwater vessels. What continues to be a secret, however, is what exactly is swimming in these waters of Titan. During one of the Red War campaign missions, we enter a server room deep beneath the water. There, if you're patient enough, you can see what is possibly mentioned in this ghost scan. A giant sea creature can be seen swimming across the panels on the walls large and swimming slowly past the underwater windows, we're still left wondering what it could be. Is it just a large, whale-like creature? Is it a leviathan of the sea? Could it be something more dangerous than we could now imagine? Perhaps something or someone we killed near Saturn. Titan, which is a moon of Saturn, has been rumored to be the landing spot for the body of Oryx after he was defeated in the Taken King's epic raid, King's Fall. When defeating the Hive God, his body is seen floating towards the gas planet of Saturn. While scientifically, or even realistically, it would be pretty unlikely for Oryx's body to have made its way to Titan, I wouldn't completely throw that theory out. At least, not yet. The Hive have a strong presence here on Titan, and currently, we don't really know why. We see the names of Savathun on a lot of witches and knights. So, why has the sister of Oryx, some would say the more dangerous of the three siblings, taken up residence on this planet. Could it be the similarities between their homeworld? Could it be that she was attempting to recover her fallen brother? Or could it be that his body has become a chrysalis for something even more dangerous and more sinister, and that that something is now alive in the waters of Titan? Next time you're on Titan, keep your head down. You never know what may be lurking beneath you. Hey Guardians. We wanted to dedicate a segment to spotlighting members of the Destiny community. This week, we wanted to spotlight Lorcan OC, who you may know from his Osiris soundtrack captures on YouTube. In his own words, here's a little bit about him and what he does. Hi there, my name is Lorcan OC, and I'm here to talk about recording audio within Destiny 2. For the past couple of weeks, I've been recording music from the new Curse of Osiris expansion on account that there's no official soundtrack and probably won't be for a while. So I took it upon myself to provide a temporary solution to this. You can find my uploads and the soundtrack playlist on my YouTube channel of the same name. And the question I've been asked, well, besides, can you upload this track for this boss that I want by everyone, is how do I record music from within Destiny? Well, for starters, I have to physically record the music. I don't data mine from the PC version like is common for most games. I am strictly a console peasant, but there is a PC involved in the process. Windows 10 has a useful feature that allows you to stream your Xbox One's video and audio output to a desktop computer, as long as they are on the same network. A wired network is ideal to prevent dips in quality or stutter. Once that's all set up, you use Audacity to record the actual audio. With Audacity, you can record audio via a microphone, as I'm doing now for this interview, but that's not all you can do. If you set the recording device as your computer's speakers, headphones, whatever device you're getting sound out of, Audacity will record the audio output of the device directly, so whatever your computer is hearing will end up on the track. 
and in this case, because of the Xbox stream, what it's hearing is Destiny 2. So with that all set up, now it's just a matter of loading into the story mission, strike, quest, or whatever part of the game you're looking to get audio from, and let things play out. But that's a lot easier said than done, considering you're competing with enemies trying to kill you and all the other sounds in the game, like ammo pickups, your super meter, that sort of thing. So it does take a bit of creativity and trickery to get to a point where the music is playing, but nothing else. Unfortunately, due to the fact that you can only play the Curse of Osiris campaign once per character and with certain missions replayable via Ikora's meditation, it does sort of mean you have a... I have only got one real legitimate shot to get this audio, so that means a lot of trial and error. Sometimes you'll have to go back to orbit and restart the mission because you were trying to get a piece of audio, but then some enemy turned and started shooting at you at the, the wrong moment. The whole process of recording audio, uh, getting it all edited and cut down, moving background noise, it can be a little tedious, especially with such a long campaign as Curse of Osiris is. But to be honest, all the positive feedback, messages, comments that I've been getting, it makes it worthwhile. And as long as you guys are enjoying it, then I feel like I did something worthwhile. So thanks again to Future Lore Cult for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for listening. To close out this segment, here's some of the music he recorded from the Panoptes Encounter. Enjoy. Enjoy.